never too busy, amen, to make out time to come and to worship God and find the heart of God. So I want him to come, just obey the Lord. Let the Holy Ghost use him here tonight. Let's give him a good Bendale welcome to this pulpit again tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, I wonder, would you lift your voice? Would your hand clap tonight all across the house of the Lord? Come on, how many is glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, won't you exalt his name in this house? Come on, we serve a mighty, mighty good God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. What an awesome God we serve. Amen. How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. No place I'd rather be than to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I give honor to my pastor, Brother Spears. Amen. Thankful that he come to be in the house of the Lord with us tonight. Give honor to Sister Spears. Amen. She's my favorite mother-in-law. Amen. Hallelujah. So thankful. Amen. For them in our lives. Amen. And uh, Give honor to Pastor Moore. Amen. I do know that I've been enjoying the presence and the power of the Lord. Amen. That's been moving and working. Amen. But how many knows that God can show up here in this house tonight and do something that would blow somebody's mind? Amen. Anybody believe that with me tonight? Hallelujah, that God could do something that would blow your mind in this house. Hallelujah. If you have your Bible, Psalms chapter 73, beginning with verse number 1. Amen. Psalms chapter 73, beginning with verse number 1. When you find it, you can say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalm 73, verse 1. This is a psalm of Asaph. He starts out by saying, Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. He starts out by making a statement, and he, he understands that God is good to Israel, and that He's good to those that have a clean heart. And then he goes into a recollection of events and things that were going on in his life that brought him to this revelation. He says, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. There are, there are not, they are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, How doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Notice verse 13 in comparison to verse number 1. He says, Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain, and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Somebody say until. 
And then understood I their end. Asaph said, there's some things that, uh, run, that are running through my mind, some thoughts that I feel so guilty if I even voiced how I felt that people would look at me and think bad about me because of the struggle that I'm feeling on the inside. Amen. I wonder, would you lay your Bibles down? Let's lift our hands together all across the house of the Lord. Uh, come on, would you lift your voice once again? Lord Jesus, I come before you. God, I pray that you'd empty me of myself, my own ideas, my own opinions, uh, and fill me with your holy anointing. I admit my dependence upon you, God. Uh, Lord, I pray that your anointing would flow and work and move in this house tonight, God. Uh, use me as an instrument, as a tool in your hand, uh, so that your glory would fill this house tonight, God. Uh, Lord, I pray, God, I admit my dependence upon you, God. Let your anointing destroy every yoke of bondage. Let it break every chain, God. Bind up the brokenhearted and set every captive so free. God, I pray that you would do it in your mighty, wonderful name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. God, I thank you for your great name. Anoint our ears to hear, God. And if any good thing would happen in this house tonight, Lord, let it be said it was because of of your anointing. Let's clap our hands one more time. I wonder if somebody lift up the name of Jesus all across this house. Oh, come on. We serve a great God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a faithful God. You are awesome in this house. Oh, God. Have your way, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you from from my heart, from the burden that is on my heart tonight. Amen. What God has laid on me for this service tonight. How many wants God to have his way? Amen. Let God have the final say. Amen. Let God have the final say. Amen. Asaph starts out by saying that I know, I understand that the Lord is good to Israel. I know that the Lord is good to his people. And I know that God is good to them uh, that have cleansed their heart from every uh, wicked way. And then he goes on to tell us um, uh, some thoughts and some things that one time had run through his mind uh, as he begins recalling a difficult and a hard place uh, in his life that he had to walk through. Uh, he says, I looked around me uh, and I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Uh, and I got to the point to where my feet were almost gone. I'd almost stumbled and fell. I'd almost given up because everywhere I looked, I looked at the wicked and it seemed like everything was going right for them. And it seemed like all the pieces were falling into place in their life. And then I looked at my own self and within me was a struggle and a battle and a turmoil and it felt like nothing was going right in my life. And I became envious of the world as I looked and it seemed like all they had was peace and an awesomeness about them. But within myself there was a struggle. There was a trial that I was walking through. And I thought that I would give up. Can I tell you that Asaph said every day I was having trouble. Every morning when I woke up, that that was uh, pressuring me was at my doorstep again. 
And I would go through the whole day feeling the pressure and feeling the stress and the strain. And I'd get back in my bed and when I woke up the next morning, still the weight of the world was on me. Can I tell you his pain began to tell him things that was not necessarily true. The presence of the heartache that he felt began to tell him things that were not exactly true. But his pain began to to play tricks on his mind. It was not just necessarily that he looked at the wicked and saw their prosperity. That wasn't just what got him messed up in his thinking. But it was the pain that he was feeling in his own life when he looked around and said, I'm doing everything I know to do to live for God. I'm doing everything I know to please him. Why am I walking where I'm walking? Why am I feeling the feelings that I'm feeling? I look at those that are heathens and they're not even trying to please you, God. And it looks like everything is going all right in their lives. It looks like they've got everything together. But within me, I'm dying on the inside. I'm struggling just to make it through another day. I'm struggling just to hold it all together. I'm struggling with this pain, this hurt. And I look, and it seems like everything's going good for everybody else. Amen. Can I bring it down to where we're living at today? Amen. I know the pressure that I feel in my own mind, but but when I look at social media, when I go here or go there, it looks like everybody else has got the perfect life and everything is laid out just like it ought to be. And everything is going good. And the, and the, the prosperity of the wicked is speaking out to me in my pain. It begins to tell me, hey, things are going better for them and they don't even love God. They don't even care about his word or care about truth. And here you are giving of yourself sacrificially. And what is it profiting you? You've cleansed yourself in vain. You've repented in vain and turned your life over to God in vain. But I want to tell somebody tonight that your pain does not have to define who you are. And where you're walking does not have to dictate the rest of your life. But we serve a God that is mighty. We serve a God that is great and greatly to be praised. Asaph said, I was almost finished. But somehow I mustered up enough strength within myself. And I made my way down to the house of the Lord. And I entered into his gates. And I entered into his courts. And it was while I was in the presence of the Lord that I began to understand that God is for me. That God is on my side. I come to tell somebody tonight, your fear, your anxiety, your depression does not have the final say in your life. You want to run in the presence of God and let God have the final say. Let God reveal His power and His goodness.
goodness and his glory to you. He was speaking things out of his hurt that pain had told him this is how it really is. And the trial that he was walking through had almost convinced him that they had it better out in the world. Oh, that, that, that hard place that he was living in almost convinced him that he had given his life over all in vain. But once he got into the presence of the Lord, God began to speak to him and God began to let him know the world don't have it as good as it looks like for their end is the ways of destruction. But I have laid up goodness for you. I've got mercy for you. I've got kindness for you in my presence in the house of the Lord. Let God have the final say. Let God have the final say. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Can I tell you that God is saying to someone tonight, in this house I know what I am doing in your life. I know the plans that I have for you. I know the future that I've laid out for you. Don't let your trial convince you that I'm done moving in your life. Don't let your failure convince you that I'm done moving for you. But let let me have the final say. Let me let bring you in to a path that is straight, a path that is right, a path that is filled with the goodness of God. And I tell you, Satan, a whisper in your ear and tell you, hey, you. You, you know, have you noticed ever since you started dropping that little bit extra in, things have gotten a little tight for you. And maybe you ought not to really sell out like you're selling out. And maybe you ought not be as faithful to the house of God as you've been being. Can you really see a difference in your life? You're still crying yourself to sleep. You're still struggling. You're still working, just trying to make ends meet. But can I tell somebody here in the house of the Lord, you got to be careful what you let your trial convince you of. you got to be careful what you determined in the middle of your struggle and in the middle of your pain. Don't let your pain become the only voice that you listen to. But there's got to be something in you that says take me to the house of the Lord and let me hear God speak over my life. Let me hear what he has to say about my future. In Daniel chapter 3, we find that Nebuchadnezzar has erected a statue. And he says that everybody's going to bow. And if you don't bow, there's consequences to not bowing down to my image. I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace to be consumed, to be no more. But there was three Hebrew boys that made up their mind. I know what the king has said. I know what the king has declared. 
But let's see what God has to say about it. Hey, I know what the world is saying. I know what the world is doing. But is there anybody that says, I wonder what God has to say about all of this. I wonder what God is thinking about all the turmoil and chaos that's going on in the world. How about we take it out of man's hands and put it in God's hands and say, my confidence is not in this world, but my confidence is in the one that holds the world in the palm of his hands. The king tells them, you know, this is, I got some bad news for you. There's no God that can deliver from this fiery furnace. But in verse 17 of Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this is their response. They say, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They said, hey, king, we understand what you've said, but how about let's take it to God and let's see what God has to say about it. As for me, I believe that he's able to deliver me. As for me, my confidence is in him. He is able, but even if he don't, I'm still not going to bow. I'm still not going to to give in. I'm going to let God have the final say in my life. Oh, somebody ought to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, I'm preaching to some men and women that Satan has told you you might as well give up. But come on, you're in the right place to throw it on the Lord and say, God, I'm casting my cares at your feet. I'm to see what you have to say about my life. I want to see what God thinks about this. They said, you know what? We've made up our mind. I see the furnace. I can even feel the heat from where I'm standing. (laughs) But I made up my mind. I'm not bowing down. I'm not buckling under the pressure. Hey, there was a part of me at one time that thought about giving in and said, hey, just go with the flow with everybody else. But now all of a sudden I feel a boldness coming over me that says you serve the God that is able. You serve the God that is able. I wonder if they thought about the man of God that called fire down from heaven and said I serve the one that controls the fire. I can try to serve the one that controls the heat. I serve the one that is able. He's able. He's able. But even if he don't, my heart is fixed and my mind's made up. It's in his hands. It's in his hands. Oh, I wonder, is 
that somebody wants to put it in God's hands tonight and say, hey, if he doesn't deliver me, it's not on me. It's in his hands. If I was trusting in myself, I'd be in trouble. If I was trusting in my own abilities, I might as well give up and throw in the towel. But I'm not trusting in my own abilities. I'm not trusting in myself. Within myself, I'm not able to handle the trials of life. God help me. By myself, I'm not able to handle the depression that sneaks up on me in the middle of my trouble and says, this is what it'll always be like. There's never going to be peace. There's never going to be tranquility. But it's always going to be turmoil. Oh, and my flesh is tempted to grab a hold of that and say, this is how it'll always be. But something starts moving in my feet. It says, take me, take me to the house of God. I gotta hear his word. I gotta know for myself what God's gonna do in me. I'm gonna let him have the final, the final say. Circumstances try to buckle us under the pressure of life. But somebody take me. Somebody lead me to the house of God. Somebody lead me. I might not have a lot of strength left on my own, but somebody send me an encouraging text message and tell me it's going to be all right, my brother. Hey, I might not have a lot of faith left within it, but somebody give me a phone call that says, hey, you remember what the pastor preached a couple weeks ago? I've been praying for you, sister. You're going to make it. You're going to pull through. Come on to church and let God break every chain. Let God destroy every yoke of bondage. It's on your mind and it's in your life. Let him have the final say. You can be seated. In First Chronicles chapter 4. Amen. Many of you have ever done your yearly Bible reading. This is one of those places where it starts to kind of bog down a little bit, you know. Kind of like Leviticus, Numbers. You start reading all these names, all these genealogies, and they're very important. But sometimes we, we just kind of tend to kind of skip through all of that and kind of just, you know, just kind of skim through it. But it's, just, it's amazing if you stop and just think about all the people uh, that were in the lineage of Jesus, uh, all the mistakes and all the failures and all the, all, all the folks, the harlots and, and those that lied and was deceptive and all these different things. Uh, yet God said out of things that look bad, uh, out of things that look gross, uh, and out of things that look disgusting, uh, I can bring my plan to pass. Uh, and here in the house of the Lord, uh, God knows how to take a mess uh, and turn it into a witness for his glory. God knows how to take a broken heart and turn it into something that can strengthen others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, that was free. That wasn't what I was going to talk about. <laughs> Woo, feels good in the house of the Lord, Pastor Moore. 
Hallelujah. I said it feels good in the house of the Lord. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9, right in the middle of all these names, God, God touches his inspired writer. Just, hey, hold on a second. Say a little bit about Brother Jabez. This is, this is the only thing you can find about Jabez. It's in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. It says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast. And that thine hand might be with me. And that thou wouldest keep me from evil. That it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Right here in the middle, like we said, of all these names, these genealogies, the writer stops long enough to give us this little snippet of this man Jabez's life. This man that was conceived in pain or given birth to in pain and sorrow. His mother placed a name on him. His mother labeled him with a name that meant to grieve and to be sorrowful. Pain tried to control and define and guide every aspect of Jabez's life. In a moment of her pain, this mother labeled her child for the rest of his life. But there was something in the middle of Jabez, something stirring on the inside of him that began to cry out to God and say, God, I don't want to be defined by what everybody else says about me, but I want you to bless me. I want you to Enlarge my borders. I want you to do all these things so that I might not be grieved and that your hand would be upon my life. I know what they say. I know what he says. I know what she says. But God, I'm going to let you have the final say in my life. I know what my mother named me, but God, I don't want to be uh, hemmed in and fenced in by just, hey, all you're ever going to be is full of sorrow, Jabez. All you're ever going to be, can I tell you, this was in a time when names had meaning and names held importance, but he made up his mind, I will not be defined by what everybody says about me, but I'm going to let God have the final say, and God said I could be blessed. God said I could expand. God said I could have growth. And God said his hand would be on my life. He prayed, Lord, keep me from evil, that it might not grieve me. His name meant grief. But he said, God, I, I know that don't have to be the only feelings that I experience. I know that I can experience the feelings of triumph. I know that I can experience the feelings of victory when I come to you and I present my needs before you and I let you move and work in my life like nobody else can and nobody else will. My wife would make her way to the music. Would you lift your hands with me right now all across the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice with me all across the house of the Lord. 
Jamie, I said, I know these things have they've lingered over me. They've loomed over me. But I'm taking it to God in prayer. I'm taking it to God in prayer. I'm going to let God have the final say in my life. Genesis chapter 35, verse 17. This passage is talking about Rachel, Jacob's wife. It says, And it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass as her soul was in departing, for she died. And she called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. She called his name Benoni, but Jacob interceded and intervened and called his name Benjamin. Rachel was in the middle of pain, hurt, and turmoil. She let her pain speak. She let her agony speak out. She said, I'm going to call him Benoni because he's the son of my sorrow. I'm going to name him a name reminds everybody that he brought me hurt. And he was ultimately my demise. And can you imagine Jacob standing there somewhere, maybe off in the distance. I'm not sure exactly how all that worked. But there he is somewhere, and he knows that she's passing. Can you imagine the grief and the agony that he's feeling on the inside, the, the joy and the, the pain, the birth of one and the death of another? Just bittersweet, just chaotic, crazy, turmoil. Something within him rose up. I said, I can't let you name him, but no not. Rachel had forgotten what she had spoken in her moments of triumph, in her moments of victory. For in Genesis 30, verse 23, it says that she conceived and bare a son and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. In the moment of experiencing her ecstasy and her high, she said, God's going to do it for me again. Joseph was named in a moment of rejoicing, for his name means to add to. It's just going to keep getting better. It's going to keep getting better. There's no, there's no sorrow there. It's just add, add on to it. Add on to it. Add on to this joy that I'm feeling. Add on to this, this high that I'm feeling right now. Oh, and she believed that God was going to do it again. And as God is fulfilling her request, she says, this is the son of my soul. Let's lift our hands one more time all across the house of the Lord. Jacob was the perfect intercessor. For he knew what it was like, Pastor Moore, 
be labeled by name. He knew what it was like to live up to his name and be a deceiver and be a serpent. And everything he had required up until his name was changed, he got it by trickery and deceit and just working it out. I got to tell a little lie here though, that's fine. But there come a day in his life when he was facing hell like he'd never faced it before, that he made up his mind, this has got to go deeper, this has got to be more real to me than it's ever been before I've got to make a change in myself I've got to do something about the state that I'm in he wasn't worried about an audience he wasn't worried about anybody knowing where he was but he slipped away in the night, crossed over a brook, and there he prayed. And in the middle of that prayer meeting, there's a heavenly encounter that takes place. And I, I, in the beginning, it's very possible that he did not even realize what was happening. It's very possible that he just thought this is some type of natural event. I'm just fighting for my life at this point. I'm, I'm just trying to survive at this point. But all the while, this was a divine intervention in his life. When all the while, every struggle, every ounce of energy that he was putting forth, he was emptying out himself. And somewhere in the middle of that struggle, he begins to realize this is not of the earth, but this is something spiritual happening in my life. And I want to tell somebody tonight, you have labeled what you're facing and what you're going through. That's just something that's just natural, that's just earthly. But if you just could somehow get a hold of the revelation, that what is happening in you is so much deeper than just a fleshly thing. But what's happening in you is something that's being birthed on the inside of you. There's something in you that is saying, I'm going to hold on. It doesn't matter. I'm holding on. Let me go, Jacob. No, 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 no. Let me go. I will not let you. What's your name? My name's Jacob. My name's Deceiver. My name's Sir Planner. And the angel that he wrestled with, it was so real with him, he said, hey, I've seen God face to face. so divine to him it did not matter it could have been a man for all he cared all he knew was in my spirit I have seen God face to face what's your name you know who I am he said no more is your name Jacob but your name is Israel That name Israel meant to prevail, to have strength, to have power as 
a prince. And Jacob, there he is. He walks away from that struggle. He walks away from that wrestling match. He's limping. He, he, he's been touched by that encounter and it's forever changed the way that he walks. It's, ever, it's forever changed his perspective, his perception of life. And he's saying, hey, something got a hold on me. Something changed me. Something is moving in my spirit. My name is Israel. My name is Israel. I have power. I have dominion. I have authority. I'm not afraid of Esau. I'm not afraid of hell. I got God moving in my life. He let God have the final say. He let God have the final say. I know what the lawyers have said. I know what the bankers have said. I know what the doctors have said, but what does God have to say about it? What does God have to say about it? I know what the liars have said. I know what the devil has said. I know what my foes have said, but what does God have to say? <laughs> no, no, no. No, his name's not Benoni, but he's going to be the son. He's going to be the son of power, the son of strength. He's going to be Benjamin, the son of my right hand. He's going to have power, and he's going to have authority. He's going to have dominion in his life. I will not let him be labeled by something that will drag him down, but I'm going to put a name on him that gives him dominion. I'm going to put a name on him that gives him authority. Then I tell you, hell will drag you through the mud puddle. Hell will drag you through the ditch, but God can put a name on you that will forever change your Thank you, Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Come on, if you're here tonight and you're tired, you're tired of what life has labeled you as. You're tired of being called a drunk. You're tired of, of being called this. You're tired of being called that. You're, you're tired of all these things. You're tired of all these labels that have been placed on you. I wonder what would happen if you would run down to this altar and say, I'm not leaving here until I'm forever changed. I'm not leaving here until I've got a new name written across my forehead. And that name is Jesus. For in the name of Jesus, there is healing of a broken heart. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, there is healing for that mind that feels at its wit's end. That mind that feels the pressure. I'm preaching to men and women that have almost been convinced. That have almost been persuaded. Maybe it's better. Maybe it's better if I get out of everybody's way. Maybe if it's better if I just kind of move on, I'm, I'm just kind of messing everybody up anyway. 
Come on, pray, church. Come on, pray, church. Come on, pray, church. Come on, pray, church. Oh, God! I may have came as a Jacob, but I'm going to leave as an Israel. I may have came as Benoni, but I'm going to leave as a Benjamin. I may have came as a Jabez that's boxed in and hemmed in, but I'm going to leave as a Jabez that has the hand of God on his life. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody ought to wrestle in the spirit tonight. Come on, somebody ought to wrestle in the spirit tonight. I'm making up my mind.
somebody press in. Come on, somebody push your way in. Say, I will not be denied. I will not be refused. But in the presence of God, I will find my answer. I will find my peace in the presence of God. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Come on, somebody make your praise loud. Let your voice sound. Be unashamed. God, I need you.
she just continues to play a minute. Why don't we take advantage of this and just let it soak in. Let it soak into our hearts, our minds, our spirit. There's no doubt the enemy's done everything and doing everything he possibly can to cause destruction and destroy the church and God's people. He's doing everything he can to keep us from having revival. But it won't be enough. God's favor, God's loving kindness, God's compassion. Because we believe. We believe in this awesome God, His promises, His daily benefits. It's poured out upon us. The devil could have his way. None of you would be here tonight. But he didn't get to have it his way. It's been many trips and many side roads and things, but but you know what? God's moved in this house tonight. Not just to deliver us from the fiery furnace, but to deliver us from Nebuchadnezzar himself. And the influence of the Pharaohs pulling of the world and the pulling of old Satan the snares and traps New Testament taught us Paul we're not ignorant of his devices I'm telling you God's working God's working in Bendale, Mississippi I'm thankful for it tonight how about you let's just let this really soak in let it get a hold of us I see some things happening here I see some work, some things happening in these altars that hadn't happened in a long time. We prayed about these altars, hadn't we? Ask God to anoint these altars and work in these altars. Praise God. Brother Rouse is going to be back with us Sunday night, Monday and Tuesday night. Amen. I'm looking forward to it. That is okay, isn't it? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I'll tell you, he's, he's done an awesome job. Amen. Sister Rouse, God bless you. Appreciate you. Amen. We know what the better half's at, don't we? <laughs> uh, don't worry, I got one too. Praise God. God's helped us. Amen. Suitable helpmates. God, I'm telling you, God's been good to us. Amen. Let's remember, amen, uh, Sister Lisa's. Man's grandmother, she was there last night, today, and be she's coming home tomorrow, I think. But anyway, let's pray for that family losing of a grandmother. Let's pray for Delane, Sister Delane's passing. Let's remember that family. Our, her wake will be Friday night from 4 to 7 at Crossroads, and the funeral will be Saturday at 12 at Crossroads also. So for all of you that knows her, Sister Delane went to church with her, Brother Page, years ago. And then, you know, Ken, Sister Joyce, Sister Mildred's niece. So let's keep them in our prayers that God would be with them. Uh, touch, those, touch those children. Touch those daughters. and Help them, amen, to see their need for God. Amen. And uh, let God help them. God wants to help them. You know what? God will do it too. Amen. He sure will. But we love you tonight. Appreciate you so much. What a beautiful, beautiful atmosphere amen not to depart from his presence but yet from this place man's we hold his presence dear let's pray much the remainder of this week
invite somebody, encourage somebody to come. Come back Sunday morning. Brother Rouse will be back with us. and Just looking forward to what God's going to do and continue to do right here. Souls are going to be born. Lives are going to be touched. But what a mending power I feel taking place in these few services. What a mending power. God's goodness and God's grace. Love you tonight. Appreciate you so much. Any announcements? Any complaints? Surely not. Amen. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless again. Thanks to all the guests. Appreciate y'all coming. These good sisters. God bless y'all for coming and being with us tonight. Good to see each one of you. Appreciate you so much. God bless you.